checking into Sex Club, Matt Tales After Hours. I'm Matt, your host and the creator of Matt Tales, 40 Years of Gay Adventures, the autobiographical erotica podcast. In Sex Club, I'll talk to guests about gay sex through the last 50 years, from cruising in phone lines to apps and cans. You'll hear tales from other guys and get to tell your own. Each episode will include a live moment, because you should never leave Sex Club until you get what you want. I can't wait till you let him have you. I learned how to how to blow a guy uh, and learned really well because we, uh, we 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 promised each other we're not gay. This is it just something dudes do, you know? I just want to set the tone of the kind of, you know, that the era was different and it was just like, like you said, same era, you could not express parts of yourself and all those things in a small town. We're talking the seventies and the eighties Is that the era we're talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, dude, you, you always know you're gay. I mean, you're, you're checking guys out uh, and you're walking through a flipping department store with your family. I was one of those uh, hard luck cases of um, being uh Right in the heart of it all in Ohio, uh, Midwest. Never left it, still here, but uh, it's taken a long time for me to, you know, process all the shit that that has actually kind of done to me. And uh, the one thing that I that has been a constant in my life is anger. Um, I I have always been so angry inside, wanting to be an artist, uh, trained to do that kind of stuff. Of course, uh, as soon as you get into stuff like that, you're automatically pegged as gay. Uh, by everybody around you, and uh, I, I so did not want to be gay when I was a kid, you know, because it's like, uh, you know, there's something wrong with those people. Everybody hates them, you know. It's just this whole society thing about, you know, we don't know what this mystery disease is that's catching all these guys, you know. And that's when I really was like, fucking figures, I'm gay, and I can't do anything about it because I don't want to die. And so it was like, all right. Um, so I did everything to hide from that. I, uh, one of the reasons I was slapped around as a kid is because I wouldn't eat. So I made sure, all right, fine, I'll eat. Uh, I got fat. I stayed that way. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm good. No guy in his right mind is going to be looking at me. I'll just live life. However, when I did finally uh, move out while I was in college, uh, I, I did find uh, a, a way to, do a little experimenting. Um, and, you know, that was like, that sealed the deal. You know, I, I really want that, but, you know, I still didn't do it. Uh, what kind of experimenting can I ask? Like what were, what? Yeah. Um, I did it like nightly for, you know, almost a year. So yeah, I learned really good and <laughs> lived in my twenties, uh, a very, a very lonely person actually. Um, and uh, ended up working a, a, a night shift, got to the point where I, I felt like I couldn't even talk and have a conversation with people because I wasn't talking to anybody. Finally uh, met this uh, this great person who ended up becoming my wife, raised a family. We, we were great parents. Uh, um, you know, anything that was family involved was great. After my second child was born, sex pretty much shut off. So for the next 20 years, it was kind of like just a sexless marriage. 
at that same time, uh, when I first met her is like, that's when I found the internet because it just, you know, AOL was, you know, just breaking everywhere and became mainstream. And then it's like, oh my God, I can finally watch guys. You know? <laughs> it's hard for younger guys to understand that it was not accessible. No. And when you went to like, uh, you went to an adult bookstore and, um, you know, it, I knew, you know, that kind of stuff would happen. You know, all this shit that you talk about, you know, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, not going to happen because I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And, you know, you'd walk around, you'd look at the racks and then, you know, it's, it's all this, all this heterosexual stuff. And then you find a small gay corner and it's like, you're walking over to it and it's like, it's watching me, you know, <laughs> and then if you happen to buy anything, you you go up to the counter and you feel like, uh, I'm buying a condom. And you're like, uh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> They're going to bust me. <laughs> so in my marriage, um, after well, a really bumpy road, uh, uh, that's when I, uh, I, I, I sent you that one story uh, about you know, my first. The Garage. I met Mike on Manhunt. He was 29 and partnered with a guy 30 years older. Both were tops who were looking for a third. They said I would be perfect because I was married and I wasn't a muscle-bound hunk either would run away with. We chatted daily for a few weeks, getting each other hard over what we wanted to do. I would often dare him to come over. I figured this would never happen as their agreement was that they only played together with someone else. Little did I know that day they had been arguing. This morning's chat was a little different, uh, more charged and playful than usual. Where do you want to meet? I stammered momentarily, but finally said, a grocery store parking lot. I rushed around the house to get ready. It was the middle of the day and no one else was home. I drove there filled with excitement and anticipation. When he pulled in, I was surprised to see he really was a gorgeous dude who had a devilish twinkle in his eye and a great smile. We drove back to my place. I was too nervous to have him come in the house, so I put on a show for the neighbor lady and took him into the garage and shut the door. I had to ask him if this was real and actually happening. He assured me it was, and he asked what I wanted to do. For the first time in my life, I felt what passion was. I had always wanted to kiss a man, and when we did, it was truly electric. Before I knew it, my hands were all over him, touching him in ways I had never touched anyone before. He obviously liked it, as he pulled me closer and grabbed my cock through my shorts, and it already started to throb. I was 41 and finally with a man who wanted the same thing I did. When he dropped his pants, well, I actually took them down, I was faced with a real 10-inch cock. I was in heaven. And so was he as I took him down to his balls, having already learned how to relax my throat. He was shocked I could actually do that. That day my life changed. I know it's really not that big of a deal, but it was to me. I had a man's cock inside me. After we blew each other for a bit, I was literally shaking inside. We kissed more. My sense is now in overload. His prickly scruff on my face and neck and the spikes of his crew-cut hair making my skin tingle. 
He tasted smoky and had a deliciously clean musky scent. Every sense was etching a new path directly to my dick. I caressed his face, running my hands all over him. He asked me if I wanted him. I, of course, whispered yes into his ear. I was surprised how gentle he was. I expected pain, but there wasn't any when he pushed his spit-coated dick in me. I held onto a ladder in the middle of the garage for support with my legs apart. As he slid in and out of me, I thought to myself, I am never going to look at this garage the same way again. I finally knew what being fucked by a man was all about. Mike, my first, was mind-blowingly hot and all those firsts from that encounter in my garage will be with me forever. That was like 13 years ago. I finally divorced my wife 11 years later after my kids were in college. That experience with Mike left my head spinning. Everything I ever needed was suddenly real. The excitement, desire, and wanting a man and being wanted by one back. It validated my life in a way. I wasn't alone. Then, you know, like another 10 years goes by because family was like, I, the, my world was my girls. And I wouldn't, and still don't want to do anything that's going to, you know, change that. Uh, the greatest thing, um, it was, it, and this all happened around Christmas, Christmas of 20, because I think in 21 is when I moved out. Um, it finally came to a point where my wife found out uh, that, you know, I had, met a guy and uh, we had COVID fucked up so much, man. I was going to, uh, before COVID hit, I was going to, all right, girls are set up. They're going to go to college, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I was getting ready to move out and that hit and couldn't do anything. You know, <laughs> So that put everything on hold for a long time. Um, but getting back to the point when I told the girls what was happening they were like dad i'm proud of you um <laughs> shit. um and it's just like why didn't you tell us sooner because hmm. i can't imagine how hard it must be and it's those kind of moments that you realize that okay it's worth it. I did a good job. I raised really good kids. Where are you in the process of what you consider coming out? In my mind, I'm out. Okay. Uh, however, in the reality of it, like people, people I grew up with, people from, from school and all that kind of stuff, they don't know. It's really none of their business in my, the way I see things. Because, um, you know, those are the people that were, uh, those are the people that were ridiculing and picking on me for being the uh, empathetic, caring little boy and, you know, who turned into this uh, overly intellectual artist. You look at me and this is, this is what, what was so funny. Because um, when I found Matt Tales and I'm like, all right, I, I got to know, what's this guy look like? And so you know, <laughs> I start poking around and, you know, I start seeing the, the, the images of you and stuff like that through, uh, through your site. And it's like, 
all right, he's this really tough ass, you know, macho <laughs> guy built and um, all this great stuff happens to him and shit like that. And I already knew, uh, you know, just from listening to you that you had this like, um, <laughs> sorry, dude, I mean, I, I'm flirting, not flirting. Um, <laughs> You're got, allowed to flirt on my show. Okay, uh, <laughs> you've got this really like uh, the sexy voice and it's like um, you can just hear the compassionate side of you coming through and you know you're and the stuff that you're always talking about I mean yeah I, uh, once I started listening to Mad Tales I just devoured them one after another you know it was mm-hmm. like um, it, it it just became very, um, very cool to relate because there was also all that stuff that um, once I started finding more out about you, just kind of like, um, it was like an echo. It's not, we didn't, yeah. it's like, uh, there were certain similarities and then there came a breaking point. You broke off, you found yourself and discovered the world that I would have died to know. Yeah. Uh, but probably, you know, I would have died to know. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so. Sure. I, I call it revenge of the sensitive, um, where, where the world is changing now. So the point where like any of us sensitive kids that made it through actually come out on top and have a, like a kind of like this understanding of things that happen. Um, I don't know if we get any rewards from it, but we just, but I, I do believe in it. Um, but I wanted to say that also, you know, when I started Math Tales, my goal was to tell the truth about our sex, my sex life and your and our gay sex life to tell the truth and to also just be observational and not judgmental of myself or of the, of the situations I was in. Cause there were some funny ones and sweet ones and dangerous ones. And, but I just wanted to share them observationally. So my goal writing them was to, to make them observational and put people in a place. So people that, you know, could relate to it, that had been there that could say like, all like, holy shit, man. I had a guy that I met randomly in Portland say, I was the clothes checker at the sex club that you wrote about the first one sex party you ever went to in the nineties in Chelsea on 26th street. I was checking clothes at that party. You know, like I've met that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I've met that guy. Um, And then I've met guys like you who are also sensitive. Like when you're a sensitive kid or you go on the outside of, this is my theory. When you are pushed to the outside or you step to the outside from abuse or whatever you go through. You have a way of seeing and observing things that other people just don't have. They don't develop those traumas into skills or however you want to look at it. Um, And I think some of the biggest reactions I've had, and this is very sweet and genuine one from you, um, is from someone who was looking in from the outside. And because you're observational, <laughs> I think it's maybe you're able to better, you know, understand that, you know, some of the situations and things I was in wasn't, it wasn't me and my friends showing up to run the party. It was just me coming in the back door or going over there or going over there. So maybe that's, you know, relatable. Maybe that's somehow relatable to the same kind of timeline or something like that. You know, I think sharing your story now, someone's going to hear what you say and they're going to be like, oh, shit, me too. You know, so that's that's what that's what all this is for. I forced myself a long time ago uh, to, like, 
take on a mantra, no regrets. Don't, don't regret it. You can't change it. Um, however, there is, and th this kind of, even thinking about it starts choking me up some, you're allowed to grieve. Um, and I grieve for that part of myself that, um, cause like, uh, like this past weekend, you know, it was like, um, such, it was such a huge thing. Um, what ended up happening? Um, and it's like, you look back and it's like, well, I could have been doing this all along, but then there comes a realization that it's like, okay, dude, um, but you're doing it now. The only thing that you can experience is the now it's the Zen. It's the moment it's, you know, yeah. And, you know, and then you can reconcile that and say, well, okay, we're always starting from here, moving on. Um, I, if I get into a mood and I feel like uh, I, I don't like where I'm at in life and I want, you know, the whole pity party thing. Yeah. It, it can bring you down, but then you just, uh, that's, that's like not important. It's what you do with that. It's everything that got me here. And uh, like I just told you about my, my girls and stuff like that. Had I lived the way that I thought I wanted to, I wouldn't have my girls. It's funny because when you're abused by a man as a child, you know, you, and then you don't know you're gay as a child. I mean, yes, I know I was, I had Barbara Streisand records at like in seventh Dude, grade. Same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, but you don't know that you don't know that as a little boy, you don't know that. Um, and so, you know, as you get, you take whatever happens to you from the way that men treat you, or that you're exposed literally is in my case to it's not sex for sure. It's, it's a man of hurting you um, at five or six. And then you take that into adolescence and then you add sexuality. And then the realization that you have feelings of for men or whatever, adding that to it is like, it's the mind fuck of mind fucks. And so you, for me, I, I hated men hated them. And then I was attracted to them <laughs> with what I knew of them already, which was not a lot because my dad was much older and kind of a grandfather. My dad was just kind of just distant. It was a neighbor that did the bad stuff. My brother was emotionally abusive. He wasn't, he's 10 years older and didn't really, he did some damage to me as well. And then that was it. So it was my mom and I, and then I had girlfriends in the neighborhood. So I just surrounded myself with girls. So, and kind of became one. My mom wanted to have a girl. So I kind of was her girl, wanted to make her happy. And we were good friends. And so I was very non-masculine <laughs> until I got to be about 21 years old. Um, and then, you know, it took years and years to discover what that meant and to feel free enough to be able to express that in myself. So it's interesting when someone that I meet says, sees me in such a masculine way, because that was like after 40, when I accepted who I was and I could say I'm a man and I could say all those things. And it wasn't that I felt like a woman. I just felt like sexless because I had been my mind fucked for so long by in so many ways. And let's talk about a couple of the things you wrote to me, including the let's start. Can we start with trying on the harness? This is all part of this weekend. Um, so 
You mean this past, this actual, like days ago? Days ago, yeah. Awesome. Uh, So um, Friday night, we uh, first time I decided, okay, we'll go out, go to Get Your Bar, right? There's there's only a handful of them in Cleveland. Um, And, you know, it's like you hear the stories of how great it used to be and all that kind of stuff uh, before the apps and all that. And when, but I, I could just imagine how difficult it would have been for me. Uh, Cause the first time, uh, the first night I went, uh, we started with a, the, the trendy, you know, young club, you know, um, and you now we're looking around, we're seeing the, these cute people and, you know, these couples and, you know, uh, and, and it's like, yeah, the dancing and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like, all right, yeah, it's just like any other kind of bar, whatever, you know. Uh, we go to an, another one, uh, and uh, it it's definitely feels more of a local, you know, more of a local pub kind of kind of rundown kind of thing. And you know, uh, we we ended up playing pool or whatever, but it was the next night. Um, uh, it's the leather bar in town. You know, I had never seen uh, in real life, you know, any guys in drag. And it's, so it was like, all right, yeah, this will, you know, start ticking off the thing, the, the list of, you know, all the things that I want to, you know, I want to experience, right? So uh, we get there and the, the set's about to start and they've got uh, um, this, uh, and, I'll give them a plug. You can cut it out, whatever. Uh, 6410 out of Chicago uh, has this little setup stand. Uh, so we would go upstairs to take a look at the stuff, right? Then I saw the the harnesses, right? And I, I never thought of myself as a leather guy. Uh, the, the, this cute guy um, said, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fit you and all that kind of stuff. And But here, try it on. So... I, I, he puts this thing on me <laughs> and it's like the first thing I like, I had no idea how heavy they were because there's actually a heft to them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he's tightening them up and, you know, just get the measurements so he can, you know, pound the rivets in and shit. And, you know, so it was, you know, at the same time, I'm like, don't get hard. <laughs> this, this guy is, you know, touched me and all the guys, you know, you know, you get to a, a point in life where it's like, you got to let go. You've got to, got to take a breath and just like, okay, this, this can happen. Um, and him and I have talked about, you know, all of the experiences that um, we have had and versus all the things that we haven't done or haven't tried. Okay. We, we decided, okay, we're, uh, I get fitted for the harness and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we finally go downstairs uh, and he had uh, met some guy on scruff. So they were going to meet up there and, you know, so they're, they're, they're finally talking and uh, whatnot. And we see the show and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I get a, I get a couple of long Island iced teas in me and I'm, I'm feeling okay. You know, it's like, first, you know, I, I, I walk downstairs with a harness on, right? And this is, this is not gear night or anything. So I'm the only one who's got a harness on at the moment. Wow. Um, and so I'm feeling really kind of self-conscious, but it's like, shit, just go with it. Let go. You know, that's running through the back of my head, right? 
Um, and um, so we're, uh, you know, it's just, becomes one of those typical bar things where everybody's just kind of like standing around and it actually literally runs through my head. What would Matt do? <laughs> I'm, so, I am honored. Is what I am. <laughs> so, cause it's like, I don't know. Like, like I said, I had never, I have never been in a place where I've cruised uh, safely. You know, it, it's 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 finding that space, right? Where you know, um, you look at a guy, and you know, when you're actually with your kind, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so there is that. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> Matt taught me the secret handshake. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, amazing. And um, so. You know, I, I was like, all right, there's this guy right right in front of me. All right. Make eye contact. Yeah. Look down. Pause. Look up. You're laughing. You're laughing at me. <laughs> I love it. Are you kidding me? It makes it all worth it to me. I want to know every <laughs> single thing that happened. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it, at that point, you know, it just turned into one of those, you know, you just kind of like, yeah, okay. This guy, uh, my uh, boyfriend was talking to, uh, he starts dancing with another dude, and you can tell that they know each other. Apparently, one is Israeli and one is Palestinian, and so they never cross a line, <laughs> but it's uh, but they're still cool with each other, right? <laughs> As they're dancing with each other, you know, I'm I'm totally feeling everything right now, and it's like. You know what? What the hell? We'll try it again. And that was like eye contact, look down, back up. And um, he's like, "Yeah." And then he starts dancing with me, and it's well, he's right next to me, my boyfriend. <laughs> and um, you know, it's uh, um, what went it, through your head. I've never danced with a guy, um, not like that. Um, it was hot, it was romantic, uh, and grabbed by both hands, spinning thing. And it's just, you, the song that's going through my head, especially afterwards is, it's like, I could have danced all night, you know? <laughs> so is that, is, Matt, is that gay? <laughs> uh, it's at least by, no, it's super gay, it's super gay. <laughs> we step back from each other, you know, looking down again. And it's just, um, and he's like, so you want to suck my dick? <laughs> um, well, you, you, apparently you, you, you understood that through the accent and the music. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, or did what? Um, it was kind of like, uh, it was more of just an expression. Like, you kidding me? <laughs> Because let, 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 let me explain this. One of the reasons I ever wanted to go to a gay bar again was for the validation if anybody would ever even look at me. That's not, that's not me. I, I, I can't. They, they got to be looking at the wrong person here, seeing something totally different. Um, but at any rate, he's like, uh, 
so go home with me. And I'm like, well, I can't. I mean, my fiance is right here. <laughs> I, I would glance over at him and he's just, he's just sitting there like, smiling and just like, uh, he, he's, he's enjoying it. We end up back in the, uh, of course, the bathroom. My boyfriend uh, hangs back for a minute and uh, then he comes back. He, he finds me. It's not wish fulfillment. It's, it's, fan- it's fantasy fulfillment. There's something to be said for having enough lube. He, he was definitely Dom, so he was not gentle. I'm not going to say everything's, you know, vanilla in life, but this was not vanilla. The, the, the best part about it, my partner became my wingman. He was there for me every step of the way. Um, like, giving me permission, but he was also there making sure nobody else came, because it was a one-stall place, and... Um, uh, I, I could hear, you know, commotion going on out there, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to be causing the scene, but here I am getting plowed, you know. It, it was magic. Feeling everything that I felt was overwhelming. It was a highlight in my life that I will never forget. I used to be a rapper, um, and I was rapping with a guy um, that's like really, he's a big brother to me. And um, I could see that he was going places <clears throat> really fast, and I was struggling with my sexuality identity. Um, so I pretty much came out and told him I was gay and just fell away from the music. Um, so, cause I, I felt like I wasn't being true to myself. And at the time <clears throat> it was just ridiculed. So the music um, that I was writing about wasn't necessarily me. There's place to he in my vow, I mean, in my verses with cheese. Mm. And I wasn't having any sexual experiences with any girls at all, but it was actually guys I was hooking up with. Um, so I pretty much, I was under in the closet rapper at that time. I was going to the bookstores before like 18. I was actually late for a couple of shows with um, <laughs> the guy I was rapping with because I was hooking up with certain guys before shows. Um, my friend was opening for Rick Ross one time and I was supposed to be there at a certain time and I ended up, I was late. I was just, you know, performing with him and I was late. And he, I remember he cussed me out so bad. Like, you stupid motherfucker. Like, and, but we ended up meeting Rick Ross and everything, but. I couldn't turn down that piece of bunk cake. So um, when it called, I had to go and do a little quick drive through, some accession and and then um, did that. But it just got to it got so overwhelming to where I didn't want to keep living a double life. And um, I fell back from the music. But my love for the music and my love for creating um, the people that were creating that I did meet, um, I always kept the eye on 
Um, yeah. I just didn't never, I never put out a project for myself because at the time I was like, if I can't be true to myself, I'm scared to yeah. pretty much be out there like that. I just felt, I just gave it all up and just walked away from it. There's a lot of closeted rappers before it was like, you know, you never really heard stories or if you did hear stories, they were, you know, it was just weird um, or yeah. looked down upon or, you know, so it kind of over the over the years, a lot of people didn't really make music like up uh, in different, especially hip hop culture. It was definitely looked down upon. Um, yeah. So that was a, definitely a big fear of mine um, because the person I was doing music with is very passionate about their craft. And I, in my head, this is why I quit. I said, well, I don't want to hold you back or I don't want anybody to come at you on the account of me because back then it was the era of you know battling and coming out i mean i mean yeah. battling and just trying to end people's careers you would lose your career if you was associated with the wrong thing you know so you know being gay at that time was just uh really a struggle so a lot of rappers probably didn't um fast forward to now you have artists like Lil Nas X and um Saucy Santana Young and May it's more acceptable um, now, I guess, because, you know, that I don't know the powers that be just kind of shine light on it because there are um, there are talented hip hop LGBTQ plus artists. And um, there's actually an all um, gay league, rap league, battle rap league, which is I like battle rap, too. That's in um, it's called Prison Battle League. And they're all great they just you know they're all amazing um and i just love what sarah connor has done to the culture as far as battle rap they're bringing more more gay guys out to rap and yeah. just be awesome way better than santana or anybody else that's actually on the main stage in my mm -hmm. opinion mm -hmm. but um it was just different so it was definitely a fear but as to now i think i'm so far past it i think i will be supporting um because my mind just goes so much. I don't think I could focus on putting out music if I wanted to. I'm still actually nice, but <laughs> I never really wanted to be a star anyway like that in that capacity because I wanted to be able to sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. Now, if I ended up sleeping with um, Doogie Howser, if I ever made it in, the, you know, I had a hit list. If I was to ever make it in the game, the people I was going to go for, I was going <laughs> to definitely get up with Doogie Howser for sure. Who else was on the list? Um, Lance Bass, uh -huh. he was uh -huh. definitely going to get it. He was going to get it. Yeah. yeah. I was definitely going to roll for him. And then, um, <laughs> uh, what's that guy's name? Colton Haynes. Yes. Yeah, I was going to get him too. Yeah, go for that one. That's a good one. I don't know if that answered your question. But, it didn't, um, but it's it's better than my question. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That was way better than my question. Yeah, I think, um, I've done it all, I think. I think I've done it all. I think I've drank it all. I think I've smoked it all. So, um, I just... Yeah, I think it's 40 is going to be all right, I think. So I guess somebody's <laughs> going to call me a daddy one day. Maybe not the one I'm with, but I don't know. Yeah, and it's weird at first, and then you're just like, you know what? I fucking earned this. Why do you think those bookstores, and I'm right there with you. I've done it in my past a lot. What is so sexy about that for us when we walk um, into those places? What is it that, why is that so fucking hot? I guess it's just the unknown of who's touching you. And 
you know, mm-hmm. it's like the roll of the dice, whose mouth is the best or whose hole is the greatest. I would say, you know, especially when you're first coming out, you go back in there and you get your first pro job. Those are because yeah. I'm from the era of you look like, you know, you will look at somebody and then you will hook up somebody just off the look like. Mm-hmm. So, you know how you could tell who was gay back then. I'm from that era. So no, where to where there was no no um, grinder or anything like that. The grinder was the eye. Somebody tapped or if they look back longer than, you know, then you will follow, then you will hook up. Like I'm from that era. So um, that's why I can co- totally identify with how you was getting yours back in the day too. So we weren't tra- like, we weren't trained in it. The work life trained us in it because it was no other way. And it was safe for closet people to do that. The yes. bookstores made it safe for closet people that worked downtown, had a wife at home to come and get a hand job or get, or get, blown or get pounded and then go back to work and fast forward to when I actually started working there. Aha. Uh-huh. What was that experience like? Um, awesome. At the time I really needed a, a job really fast. So I ended up getting that job. Um, and there were certain customers that will always try the new cashier. I was the mm-hmm. new cashier. Mm-hmm. That were regulars, you know, they'll come <clears throat> in and they'll, look around and if nothing else was going on in the back room, they come up and talk to you. <laughs> and then you will see a type of person come in and then they'll go back there and deal with them and try to, and then when that failed, you know, you'll see the pattern, they come back up. But um, then there'll be some hot ones that come in there that you've never seen before. I remember this one time this guy came in and paid to get his tokens. And then, you know, I said, Hey, how you doing? He came back. He waited till everybody left. Mm-hmm. And then he came back up and talked to me. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he, you know, walked back out, walked back to the back room. I'm like, what is he doing? So I went in and I looked outside the door to see if there any cars in the parking lot. There was no cars in the parking lot. I turned around and he's like in the back room and he's pulled his complete pants down. And he's just Oof. sitting there just like showing me his ass. And I'm like, Hot. so I'm sitting here watching the show. And I'm like, hmm. I can't get fired for this. So I just, you know, I would, I would just steal peeks and then when people will come in. But then that's still was, hot, though. That's pretty yeah, hot. It was still hot. And I'm just like, damn. But then there was one guy that said, one day I said, I'm, I'm going to try it. So I did it. I tried it that one day. Um, he came in, same routine. But it was a different guy. He came in. Nobody was in there. And I locked the door. I said, I'm going to see what happens. So I walked in the back. And, you know, he's walking around naked at this point. And, he pushes me into a booth and he just blows me right there in the booth. Mm-hmm. Like he just drops down and just blows me. And I'm sitting here thinking, if anybody, if the manager comes in and it's like 12 o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking the manager's going to get out of bed any moment and come down here <laughs> and catch me doing this shit. It never happened, but it was like, I've never had my dick blown like that before. It was such vacuum. Like I came in the matter of 2.5 seconds. It was just great. Wow, that's hot. So you could come even though you were nervous about it. Yeah, I was part nervous of the, and shit. And yeah, yeah was part like, of the thrill too, right? Part yeah, it was the thrill. And I was just like, I just totally got hit on at work. This is awesome. <laughs> and I ended up working there for a year. <laughs> <laughs> but he never came back after that. You're checking out of Sex Club. Matt tells after hours. Throw your towel into the basket and please come back for more hot guests and gay sex please leave a rating or review. Hit me up if you want to tell your story or submit your audio. 
go to matttells.com and follow Matt Tells and Sex Club on Instagram or Facebook at Matt Tells Gay Adventures. You can always message the fuck out of me at matttellspod at gmail.com. Hey, this is Matt, your host. A special shout out to a good friend in Southern California for providing us with those beautiful sounds of fucking and sucking, also provided by your host. So yeah, I draw and paint fantasy portraits. Wouldn't it be fun to make it sexy and maybe even share it? So find me on Instagram at dbakersart. DM me and tell me what your fantasy should look like and we'll make it real. No way I hear. It's all handmade by me. Police are on their way. I've actually sent the police to your house. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't know they were still around, but okay. <laughs> I hope they're hot. Firemen, you have a better bet. Wait, are the okay, where everybody lives, it's one or the other. So here, the policemen are hotter than the firemen. In New York, the firemen are so hot, like calendars. They're all fucking calendars. What's it like where you live? It's Ohio, so finding people. <laughs> 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 all right, so it's like you get what you get. Okay. You get what you get, yeah.